Vamos. Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. We'd like to thank Crystal Beth for coming on last week. She was a fantastic guest. She's the best. She was awesome. She's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, if you missed those episodes, uh, I don't, I don't know what you're doing, man. Go back and listen to those. They're <laughs> fantastic. And uh, we kind of have something like that this week. We've got our friend Sean is going to be joining us tomorrow through Friday through uh, Minute Number 69. And Sean is a uh, um, a writer uh, for Engadget. He does some uh, f- freelance writing for Engadget and Gizmodo. And he also does a series of YouTube videos where he breaks down and overanalyzes episodes of the real Ghostbusters. And those are fantastic. They're really well produced. And uh, Sean's a real smart guy, a real analytical guy. And it's going to be fun to have him on the show and hear his uh, unique take on He's, Ghostbusters. He knows his stuff for sure. Yeah, he definitely does. So, um, well, Brady, you ready to get into minute number 65 here? Let's do it. Awesome. So, in the previous minute, we saw Winston Zedmore and Ray Stance discussing the religious implications of what is currently going on, or excuse me, what was going on in the movie in New York City. The minute ended with Walter Peck arriving at the Ghostbusters headquarters with police and utility specialists. At minute number 65, we see Walter Peck walking towards the front door of the Ghostbusters firehouse. Accompanying him are a police officer, a Con Edison utility specialist, and an unnamed public official in a beige suit. At 65 before, we cut to the interior shot of the Ghostbusters firehouse where Janine is making coffee. On the left-hand side of the screen, we can see Walter Peck entering through the front doors. Peck makes his way across the room with a police officer and Con Edison employee in tow. Notice that the uh, other official is has vanished now at 6522 janine steps in front of the men and says excuse me to a stone-faced walter peck janine eventually manages to stop peck and asks him where he thinks he's going peck tells janine at 6527 to step aside or he will have her arrested for interfering with a police officer janine tells him no and that she's seen tv and knows that he can't just barge in without a warrant or writ or something at 6535 walter peck produces an envelope enveloped cease and desist commerce order seizure of premises and chattels ban on use of public utilities for non-licensed waste handlers and a federal entry and inspection order at 6545 we cut to the basement of the ghostbusters headquarters where egon is rummaging through a box of spare parts he tells vince clortho that there is one more test that he would like to perform on him at 6550 janine comes down the stairs telling egon that she tried to stop peck and his comrades but they said that they have a warrant. Egon steps in front of Walter Peck and tells him that he is on private property. At 65.55, ignoring Egon, Peck tells the Con Edison utility specialist to shut everything off. Motions around the room, shut this off, shut everything off. At 65.58, Peck tell, Egon tells Peck that if he shuts off the machines in the basement, it would be extremely hazardous. Vince Clortho mimics Egon's action. And thus ends minute number 65. So I know you have some thoughts on this, don't you, Brady? Yeah, my thoughts. Well, uh, first off, I always thought that the um, electrician here... Was he an electrician? Well, he is a utility specialist yes. for the electrical company. So not really an electrician. He's a... Yeah, but... All right. Well, I always thought when I was a kid that that's Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. It kind of looks like him. Yeah, it kind of looks like him. I thought um, it was Andy Dick, but it's not. Right? It's some other guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing like the ever-growing threat of... Uh, I don't know, government interference here. And it's almost like Ivan Reitman is just... Um, starting to lose it in this movie because you know his uh, perspective on this whole thing was a um kind of like a libertarian viewpoint of how uh public officials and yeah. you know, regulation hurts the small businessman yeah right and so that that is about to cause the apocalypse right so it's it's getting pretty serious never mind that the apocalypse is really caused by two ego-driven you know jackasses here being walter yeah. peck and uh, peter vankman not being able to work hand in hand uh the blame is 
placed on the EPA here, yeah. the Environmental Protection Act, who's here uh, to the Environmental Protection Agency, who's here to make sure there's no nuclear runoff coming out of their <laughs> containment yeah. unit or anything like that. So I don't know. It's just so funny that all of that is right underneath this comedy. This comedy, action comedy, right. is, is just a complete political political subtext. Subtext, yeah, and it's. You know, it's just one one more layer that you discover when you uh, grow up and and watch this movie on a whole new level. Yeah. Um, so whenever they whenever they enter the firehouse, uh, I noticed that there's actually two sets of lockers. Yeah. And I always assumed uh, that it was the first set of lockers closer to the door that's the ones with their uniforms hanging into it. But now I saw that in reference to where the fire pole is located. Right, It's yeah. actually the second uh, set of lockers. Because so. they want to come down and hit those as soon as they hit the ground to change out. So they Man. don't want to have a lot of distance to go towards the car. My right. whole yeah. life has been a lie. <laughs> Uh, so for Walter Peck to have gotten all those court orders handy, he would have had to gone to some extreme measures. For a cease and desist order uh, for commerce, he would have had to gone through the New York State Division of Licensing. For a seizure of premises and chattels, that would come from the laws of the Colony of New York passed on March 9th, 1774, under Chapter 14, the Act of Better Security and More Easy Recovery of Rents and Renewals of Leases, and to prevent frauds committed by tenants. And uh, a ban on the use of public utilities would be decided by the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority, which is also called N-Y-S-E-R-D-A. So if a federal inspection ordered, that would have been the easiest for him to get because that would have come right from the Environmental Protection Agency. So what I'm trying to say there is like to get all those government bodies working, Walter Peck really is trying to reduce the earth to its mantle to prove a point here. You know, he would have had Jesus. to gone through all these different places. You know, uh, I'm sure that the, uh, you know, New York Licensing Commission is probably right there uh, in New York City, the capital. So he could, could have gone there and gotten that. But to get all those working together in the 1980s with no fax machine, with no emails, God, he's just going to have to be making phone wait. calls and going from public official office to public official office to be like, hey, I need for you to do this. I need for you to do this. I need for you to do and, this. And so, probably a time span of like a few days. And not only that, he had to get a private entity, the Con Edison uh, to, to send down a guy. It's funny that they all even show up at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and he had to organize that. He, he had, had to organize, organize that. He said like, okay, it, you know, one minute after the hour, I want right. all of us to converge. And then, you know, the guy who hands him over the, 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 the stuff in the envelope showed up at the same time too. So, yeah. I mean, it's all just, you know, uh, serendipitous happenstance that they showed up, you know, in the frame together. But it's just, I was just thinking, you know, there's a, a little bit of time between when he and Peter had their initial conversation and when he shows back up with, you know, the seizure of chattels and premises and all that. And like, <laughs> having had to file taxes and things like that, you know, it takes a little while for all these government agencies yeah. to get going because they're just huge things. But, uh, right. yeah. but for the sake of being a movie. Right. But uh, another thing, if you want to get literal with it, like, so another thought is um, whenever they go down into, whenever they go down into the basement, uh, Egon is saying to Vins that he wants to run one more test on him. And he's digging around through the box right. of like parts or whatever. So I was trying to see like what he's digging around in and put that in reference to a test that he wants to perform. Yeah. Uh, you know, I couldn't. I think it's just a statement he was saying while he's working. I, I wonder how much Egan, e Egon has, uh, in, as for like safety, like in terms of safety, how precautious he is. Because I think they mentioned that in Ghostbusters 2, he was trying to drill a hole through his head. He's like, and it would have worked too if you hadn't stopped me. Pardon me, at the beginning of this movie, thank you for correcting me on that. So, all the police officers in this movie, they're dressed very well. They're dressed like parade uniform police officers. It's not like, you know, the police officers we have today, which you see in, like, riot gear and, like, you know, uh, proto-military, like, you know, helmets and stuff like that. Um, or, you know, just on-the-day police, which have much more uh, mobile suits. These cops are, like, dressed up like they're going to a funeral of a fellow cop for, like, a march or something yeah. like that, you know. But uh, I thought it was weird that this guy's going down here to, to do 
do this and he's dressed up in, in such an official manner. Right. There's a lot of like majesty to them. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, that's pretty much all I have for minute number 65. How about you? That's all I got. Okay, great. So tomorrow we are going to be joined by special guest Sean Buckley. Now, if you want to check Sean's stuff out, uh, you can check you search for Seanicus on YouTube. That's S-E-A-N-I-C-C-U-S. Uh, Seanicus, Sean, has done a series of videos where he dissects uh, episodes of the real Ghostbusters, and he's a he's a dyed in the wool fan and a really smart guy. I'm really happy he's decided he has agreed to come on the show and uh, share some of his thoughts. I think those are going to be some great episodes. So we're really looking forward to having Sean on for the rest of this week. So, all right, Brady, are you ready to get out of here? Let's do it. Let's go do our Monday, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm Kyle. Uh, I'm Brady, and we're here to remind you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com, facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, and look us up on Instagram at ghostbustersminute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.